Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wild, and you are hopefully in your own home or at least more than six feet away from another person listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where I ask friends and strangers, really anyone who will talk to me, to share their very private details. Because I think that the more that we talk about sex, the more likely we are to get curious about our sexual and take whatever steps are right for us in that particular moment so that we can have more satisfying sex. I know that during the times in my life where I was the most sexually fulfilled, I felt like I was turned on in all aspects of my life. I think that sex is the most primal creative act, and I do think that when we as people are turned on sexually, we're turned on creatively as well. And I like that. And I also believe that when each of us becomes enough to offer our creative gifts to the world, we serve ourselves and each other, and that is why I literally believe that having better sex will change the entire world for the better, and that is what I mean when I say in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere, or in an effort to lead better laid lives. So, today you got the long-winded version because I'm recording this intro all by myself on my bed, which I've never done before. <laughs> This is the closest thing I'm going to get to some uh, sexual action here in this bed for a while. I mean, no, I masturbate here. That's so, you know. But lovers, friends, wiggle friends, today's our 69th episode. And therefore, I've decided that it is our season one finale. To celebrate our 69th episode and to herald in the coming of season two, we are talking about 69ing and threesomes because in a threesome, you have two people that you sleep with. Being ready to herald in season two. So also not a lot of people wanted to share about 69ing. I was excited, you guys weren't as excited, but hopefully you like these stories. I think they're good. So this episode is a medley of strangers that I met in the park and a couple of you who called in via Skype and uh, I hope you enjoy these snippets. Why oh why you might be asking me am I deciding to make season one a uh, break at this random time? Well the truth is it didn't initially occur to me to have seasons or to take a break because I'm a workaholic. <laughs> I cloak my workaholism in art stuff so people don't really notice. Yeah, I almost never take a break, but yeah, even my recent break attempt was thwarted by a gigantic broken leg dog who was a very difficult patient. So while stay-at-home orders have given me time in the sense that all my photography clients are canceled, it has also removed my economic stability. So I'm gonna take the next few weeks off to figure out what my new foundation is gonna look like so that I can make sure that I have the resources I need to keep my life going and so that I can keep collecting sex stories and sharing them with all of you. If you are financially secure and want to help, you can order a circle painting from me or join Patreon if you wanna see me naked or hop on the live stream. Our next one is this Sunday, April 5th. Uh, or even if you just want to Venmo me, at Wiley. <laughs> Links to all those things are in my Instagram bio, at Wiley, at sexstoriespod, or you can visit wiley.com, or sexstoriespodcast.com, or patreon.com slash Wiley there. Or literally, if you just Google Y-O-W-Y-O-H, it's me. I come up, so you can find me if you look. So, I am taking a break at least through my birthday, April 30th. Uh, again, my birthday is coming up, April 30th, and I will probably be back on May 1st. That's a Friday with season two, although I'm not making any promises and I am making this up as I go. Um, so there are a lot of big unknowns out there and I'm navigating them just like all of you are. On that note of unknowns, I keep reading that too many people still don't understand how you can pass a virus asymptomatically. Those of you who listened to my Thankful for Throat Herpes episode in November, know that you can be spreading a virus without realizing it. So I'm recording this on the evening of April 2nd, and the CDC still hasn't issued definitive guidelines around mask usage because people can't seem to make up their minds about how many people who aren't showing symptoms are spreading it. But my personal thinking is it's easy to cover my mouth. It's a very small thing to add to the slew of life changes that we are making. And if there's even a tiny chance that me wearing a mask outside helps save a person, I am all for it but I am also a person who has made 69 plus some bonus episodes of a podcast free in hopes that it will affect at least a handful of strangers sex lives for the better. So wearing a uh, mask is very easy in comparison <laughs> and has a lot higher stakes return. I love saving lives. We could be heroes by wearing masks. We could literally be heroes. If you start to get stir crazy indoors, consider writing down all of your best sex stories and emailing them to me or voice memoing them to me or just, you guys, there's a million things you can create. I know it can be tough, um, especially if you're not like me and you don't like being inside working on stuff, I get it. 
Get up and wiggle, you guys. If you haven't filled it out yet, go take the body parts poll. Sexstoriespodcast.com slash send nudes. Formerly called the penis poll. I thought that was such a fun name. I had to have it for a couple weeks. Now I've changed it to be kind of gender neutral. Send nudes. Send me nudes, you guys. I'm enjoying them so much. All right. I interviewed all these people about 69ing, but I realized when I was putting these together today that I didn't share my own details. I can't actually remember learning about 69ing in a specific way. But if I had to guess, I would say that my Swedish exchange student friend who lived with my family for a year, um, she was the one that <laughs> we were so close that my mom asked her best friend, who was my best friend's mom, follow that, to find out if I was a lesbian. So that, <laughs> that's the kind of open communication that I grew up with. Anyway, I don't remember learning what it was, but I do remember, fast forward to the following summer, hooking up with my brother's friends, my older brother, three years older, I had crushes on so many of his friends. And this was one of the, one of the two that I had crushes on since I was like five years old. And we finally got a little bit tipsy and a little bit cozy. And this was, yeah, this was back when my body could still process alcohol. Um, but also just legality wise, since I was 17, I want to say in case there are any young people listening, not that there are, because obviously everyone that I know of is at least 18 plus listening to this podcast. I was very responsible as a kid. I drank very little, usually only with my brother around. He was six foot four and full of muscles. I didn't party very much. So I'm not saying don't party, but I'm just saying do be careful very careful and uh, had great experiences. So that's uh, my little uh, security safety pitch. And because uh, I am kind of a mom, I'm not a mom, I'm very much a single woman, but I have all sorts of caretaky feelings like a, like, like a mom type, like anyone who cares about other people. Anyway, let's just call this guy Reese. Reese and I are finally making out and I am beyond excited. I am also pretty drunk at this point. <laughs> and we're at one of our friend's houses. So we did the thing that of course you do. We snuck into his bedroom and we hooked up on his tiny little twin bed. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know if that's what inspired the 69ing, but I, uh, I do remember liking it a lot because I didn't like getting all those sensations made it so that I couldn't just feel awkward about the fact that his tongue was inside of my vagina because back then I was absolutely mortified by basically anything body related. Like I, I loved the attention and I loved touches, but I was 17 and was like, oh, I didn't know back then that people saw me as attractive. Like I just didn't um, get it. And I had no idea what to do most of the time. So I was always just trying to follow along and figure it out. And I do remember being more thrilled by the entire experience of 69ing than anything else. Uh, and this guy I liked because he was the one that told me my boobs were perfect, which was really so, I think, one of the best things that someone could have done for my uh, young, young self-esteem. And I, because I thought they were so small back then and then they got bigger and now they're a little pendulous. And you know what? I don't get any complaints. Um, although I do sometimes have feelings when I rediscover weird angles when I'm taking pictures of myself. But you know what, partners? seem to like them and I like them. And also I think my nipples are getting bigger, fun fact. <laughs> so from then on, my 69ings were just a bunch of kind of fumbly attempts, mostly in college. I don't, I don't know if I did any between that hookup and college. 69ing was appealing to me, I think, because it felt like the most exciting or sexy thing that I, that like my brain could imagine at that time. Cause I didn't know anything about kink and I was like very curious but I didn't know how to explore. Like I just didn't. And so I feel like 69ing was the type of thing that like, if you were well-intentioned and wanted to like try hard at sex, it was one of the things that you ended up trying. But I feel like I had so many early disconnected 69s because like we didn't talk about what we liked and it was just kind of, I don't know, like stuff at the wall to see what would stick. And so, and so when I'm reflecting on that time and thinking about how frozen I felt back then, like I was so ready and willing, but truly baffled about how to actually behave, which is actually how I feel in most social situations. I need a clear example or I kind of freeze up or I say something that just other people think is very strange. And so, you know, that's <laughs> a lot of my norm. So yeah, so it was something that felt kind of like extra special to do, but also was not that I was dying to do. And I did enjoy doing it with later partners with both my boyfriends and later on my girlfriend. Like I thought that was hot, but it wasn't like, you know, a thing I looked forward to until August, 2016. I have shaved my head and gone to South America because I don't know what's happening. And I am in Cuba 
and I'm like five days into traveling and I meet my very sexy British friend. Um, I actually first ran into him on a horse trail, like a horse tour going opposite directions, and then found him again later that night randomly in downtown Vinales. And he was out with other people. We ended up splitting off and talking to each other on the steps of the small plaza there. We were discussing open relationships and ethical slut and ethical non-monogamy. And um, yeah, pretty soon I was very bold. This was only the second person ever that I had like invited home with me intending to have a one night stand. And the first one was just a few weeks before that. And I feel like I had really good instincts. We had the best, best time. We just, he paid such close attention to my body and to my cues. And we also talked and he was so funny and we just like had such ease, but just comfort. And I feel like just talking for the few minutes, I mean, we talked for a while first, but we just, oh yeah, I don't know, it was like talking, giggling, and touching, and then four days later, and I thought it was going to be a one-night stand, but four days later we were in the same city again, he was in Trinidad on his last night, I was there for my first night, and he invited me to stay with him, so this is when we created this uh, magical 69ing night that lives in infamy in my mind. I almost didn't let it happen because I was on my period and I felt shy. So he assured me first that he still likes going down on women, even if they are on their periods. And he also told me that I could keep my diva cup in because I was like, I, I mean, I've done, I had had sex on my period before with boyfriends, but I'd never let someone I had just met go down on me on my period. Never. Uh, back then I had not considered it. And so we decided to shower together so that I could feel very fresh as like a daisy and my anxiety brain could calm down. And then he, I also made him promise that if at any moment he didn't want to be going down on me, he would just, we'd switch it up. And so this is where it gets hard to like share the actual details because it's one of those sensation of my body just feels so good and it kind of takes over because I also love body to body contact in the first place. But I just felt so relaxed and I was so deeply enjoying having him in my mouth, like going down on him and just like, I just remember being so incredibly surprised and suddenly was gasping while I was coming and he was doing his thing. And I think I was like still trying to give him a blowjob, but I think like when that happens, I'm just kind of like nuzzling the penis in my hand. And I honestly, I don't know, it's just, but, but like, I love it. Like I, I also love like cuddling dicks on my face <laughs> and like nuzzling vaginas, whatever, whoever I'm with, um, assuming it's a partner I like, which like, who else am I fucking? And then we did it again. Nine months later, I met up with him in San Francisco. He was in town from London for a conference. I had been back for a couple of months and I went to go meet up with him and we had another amazing, like I orgasm from signing again. And then a few later, another conference in Los Angeles. And so he met up with me here and yeah, he was the one that catapulted me into loving 69ing. And you know, I remember also some hot moments with my former master, but I, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, like he would be going down on me and I'd be laying on the couch, but then he would like position it so I could like reach him to worship him from down below on the couch, if that makes any sense. It's hard to describe on a podcast. So that's my take on 69ing. I feel like you guys have heard me talk enough about threesomes, but if you have any specific questions, happy to answer them. I hope you enjoy these hot and sexy stories from strangers. So I heard your thing about 69. Yes. And I was like, ooh, I've just, I just kind of recently had a revelation about why I really like 69ing. And so I thought, oh, I, well, I should share that. Please do. And it's funny, like you had asked me, had I ever been on top in a 69? Yeah. And I have. Uh -huh. And that's okay, but it kind of defeats the purpose for me. And and here's why. It's a little bit convoluted, and we can figure out if you need me to say it in a more simple way. So I really love oral everything. Yeah. I love I love cunnilingus, and I really enjoy oral being performed on me. But I have this thing. I have this this really funny kind of combination of things that makes me not always completely love receiving oral in a non-69 way. Let's put it that way. Oh, like a regular, like just straight up blow job. There's some things yeah. that can, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's two different things that the 69 kind of, kind of solves for me. And one of them is just the distance. It, it's just that like, just, I feel like, 
someone is so far away if they're all the way down there mm. and I can't hold them, I can't, you know, have the rest of my body contacting them. It becomes a super like cock oriented yeah. experience and very isolated. And sometimes that's amazing. And oftentimes um, I'm such a whole body love maker, yeah. you could say, that um, that sometimes I'm I'm not so into that. And then the other thing is that, like, I if there's anything that ever feels disrespectful or like porny in a misogynistic way. Um, I can't get into it. Like I don't get into humiliation at all. Got it. And and I think that you know maybe I have consumed enough porn and like watch women like gagging on cocks and that whole kind of power play of like get down on your knees and suck my cock, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Can I ask a question? Yeah, totally. What if gagging is her favorite thing? Mm. That's different. Okay. That's that's totally Because I'm like, I love gagging and I don't experience no. it that way at all. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Totally. <laughs> totally. I, under- I understand. Like, got it. Got it. Got it. All of, all of that notwithstanding. Got it. Got it. Um, I hear you. It's the porny but, thing. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like to watch it. Hmm. Like, like some men really like to get off on mm-hmm. that image. Yeah. And, and. It's not that I totally dislike it. Like sometimes I might like to watch it. And if she really likes to be watched doing it, then of course I can get into that. But just in general, what I discovered is that I love 69ing because I can't see what's happening. It's like a combination of being blindfolded, but you're blindfolded by a pussy and an ass, (laughs) which is also just my favorite thing in the world to just be smothered in female flesh. Have you ever been not able to breathe during it or something? Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Or like have my face like really aggressively fucked. Yeah, definitely. And like smashed and like, come on. And I love all of that. I love being submerged. I love being overwhelmed. I I love all of that. Have you ever accidentally bitten someone's lady parts? (laughs) Maybe, or, or maybe like, like teeth, grind, grinding teeth. onto my teeth or something like that. I don't that, think I've ever like, like um, oh, that sounds so, f- okay. So, yeah. So, so like, so like being on top in a 69 kind of defeats the purpose a little bit because I have a thing where I never want to feel like I am imposing my cock on someone's face or imposing my cock in someone's mouth. And and this isn't coming from the partner at all. This is completely like some weird polite thing in me, but that's why I, it's hard for me to get into gagging, even if it might be their thing Mm -hmm. or, you know, like grabbing someone's head and like pushing their head down. Even if that is requested, it's very hard for me to play along with that. Got it. And so being on top in a 69 because it takes the control away from her mm-hmm. it's it sort of it, it and again if it's something that she really requests i can get into it yeah. but just technically i like to be on the bottom in a 69 because of the the blindfold aspect yeah and i can feel what's going on but i can't see it but then also because there's so much body contact yeah in, in fact like maximum body contact totally what do you think about that angle for blowjobs? Or is it what I'm hearing is like it's the full body experience. Is the blowjob itself like are you even in the brain space to be able to compare it to a right side up blowjob? Not that it's the right side, but a, like a sitting up blowjob. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I like I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I I think I with my my current partner especially I like that, that angle, angle, like angle of in her mouth nice. from the 69 position. I think that's part of it te- technically in that sense. I think it's comfortable for her. Mm-hmm. I have heard in the past that some people don't like 69 because 
technically it's hard to focus. Yes. It's hard to focus on receiving and giving at That's the same time. That's how I used to feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened? For me, I dropped into my body. It was when I started to relax more and be more conscious of the actual physical sensations rather than truly, I wonder if I was spiraling on like, I can't focus, I can't focus. Like I do think some of that was so, or just also a lot of body consciousness that I had. Cause I wasn't, it was, I think I was 27 when I started really enjoying it. And I feel like everything up until then I was like really self-conscious about my body and also I you know I only had one long-term partner in that time so I there was a lot of me being like is this even good for him do I smell weird how long can my pussy be in his face because it was like at a time where I didn't you know I didn't really own my sexuality I was just fumbling around trying to figure out what having good sex meant I mean I still am but you know (laughs) yeah yeah no I get it for me especially if if it can be like a very conscious thing, like really dropped into the body, really. And also like, it's nice to take breaks and just receive for a little while and just like have the combination of like the receiving and then also just the stimulation, the visual stimulation and the, the, the olfactory stimulation. I love the smell and Mm. just the whole experience of being smothered like that. And like taking, taking little momentary breaks where, you know, you're just receiving or just giving that seems to really make a difference with that too. I love that. I think that's a good point too, because it's like 69ing is, I think for myself best when it's at, like used as part of a menu option. You know, if someone was like, you good to have sex now, it's only 69ing. I'd be like, okay, great. That's better than what I'm currently doing, which is nothing. But you know, I want it as part of a full array yeah a full i don't know a day a day of sex <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like the disorientation of it i think that that's part of it mm. that makes it so hot beautiful and that ju- it's just so savage and so yeah it's so like wanton sodomistic kind of experience awesome <laughs> can i ask you one question about yeah. quarantine life yeah so in shelter your shelter in place experiences Mm-hmm. Have you and your partner tried anything new or weird? Ooh. Like, or has like quarantine gotten to you in any way that's made <laughs> you weirdly sexier <laughs> or delightfully sexy or horribly not sexy? Well, a part of it is that just like as a timing thing, the kids are around a lot more. Mm. And, you know, we oftentimes we don't necessarily link up around like bedtime sex or get up in the morning sex. And so timing has been a little bit difficult quarantine time, but I feel like we're just a couple weeks into it. And I feel like now just the way that we are, I think that that's sort of next, like we've just talked about it. Like, why aren't we using this time, you know, especially on the days that the kids aren't here to just have sex all day. Yeah. Or, you know, I've been, I know that I have had some creative ideas that we haven't necessarily shared yet or done yet, but I feel like for us, it's probably yet to come. Yeah. Yet to come. Beautiful. Thank you. Yet to come. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any thoughts about threesomes? Yes. I want one. Okay. Tremendously. (laughs) Do you have any ideas about what that, like in your best case scenario, what that threesome fantasy might look like? Or like, not that it's the only scenario, but just like, as we we think about it in this moment. Yeah. Well, what I've kind of envisioned for my first threesome would be with my partner now. Mm -hmm. And it would be another guy because Mm -hmm. my partner is bisexual. Awesome. You know, I really just get turned on by gay things yeah. like it's it's so <laughs> like I, I feel like I'm such a weird anomaly and thank god I found somebody that like likes guys and also likes me yeah. because like it's a huge part of my sexuality I think so I, I want my first threesome to be with a guy and then like r- after that I definitely want it to be a girl but you know life happens and like whatever happens happens yeah. um you know I I also want it to be like a natural thing. Like I wouldn't want it to be a setup thing. I think there was 
It was called like Thrinder or something. It's now called Field. I've been trying to find couples field. on it. Okay. I've been couples so on you're on field. it. I'm on it. Oh, I'm okay. On field. Have you had a threesome on through not field? From field? No, not yet. Um, oh, okay. I have a couple couples interested, and I did kind of. I was just kind of rude to one guy in a way that I'm not oh. totally proud of, but also. He also was being an unclear communicator, and he he texted me out of the blue. So my mom is going through some health stuff right now, and I let him know that. And he, and I was like at doctor's appointments with her, and he just kept texting me, like, and then like not following through, like we were supposed to have a phone call to get to know each other. Anyway, um, I let him know that his. I was like, you know, if you want to have a threesome, you should maybe bring your girlfriend into the conversation at some point, like you've been talking about. You should maybe keep your commitment if you want to have a phone call with me and maybe don't send like he sent a text in the middle of the day that was like hope you're taking deep breaths and taking care of yourself it was just so like weirdly condescending for a person that uh, i don't know at all yeah had had you not met him before hadn't had never met he doesn't know anything about me other than my sexual preferences i would not like that and so and so i let him know and then he was like he well he un as soon as i let him know how i felt he unmatched me yeah okay (laughs) but that's fine final question if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? That's a hard one. Um, no pun intended. I think I would choose when I was 15 or 16 and I had been I had recently been cheated on with Seth (laughs) and I was so upset and also he started I don't know he was he always had eyes for other people and at first I was really hurt by that but then eventually I just like didn't really care Mm. and right now me and my partner in an open relationship I wish I could just go back in time and be like hey this is really normal and it's it's okay that you feel that way and that you have feelings for other people as well and like it's just high school, it's fine, you're fine, and there's a lot of sexual exploration that you're gonna do in your life. So I, that's what I would say. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you want people to be able to find you online? <laughs> yes, so I am a multimedia artist and animator. Uh, my Instagram handle is at coral. Those are all C's and on there you can see my website and I also have an art page that you can find on there awesome. you know follow along and you'll see some cool stuff awesome thank yeah. you so much <laughs> so do you have any particular thoughts feelings or why can't I just ask simple questions how do you feel about 69ing <laughs> because there's no simple it's hard to ask simple questions about Topics that aren't. I ask five part questions that just trail off instead of ending, and I laugh at myself. I always practice, but it's like not my. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but that, because because some of the things that you ask about are not simple. So yes. it's hard to ask a simple question about something that's complicated. If, uh, if I have to pick, I'm pro 69. Okay. I think that we should do it more. Okay. Because it, when I'm 69, one of the things I like to do is I like to put my finger in her ass yes. while yes. I'm. While what? So fingers and ass while licking clit. That's the best. And she's really been trying to go down on me, like deep throat me. Yeah. And because I'm big, she's having a hard time. Yeah. And I want her to. Yeah. And there's only been two women in my whole life that I've known that have been able to do that. And I want her to. Yeah. And there's, um, have you ever heard that girl, um, I deep throat? Ideepthroat.com. The letter I deepthroat.com. No, I love deep throating, so I will have to check it out. Yeah, she teaches people how to do it. There's a video that you can buy that I actually bought for a girl oh, that I've seen. We actually idpro.com, yeah, really everyone good. go check it out. <laughs> That's great. I want some money for this. <laughs> I mean, I don't get any. Let's just go support her I, and then make I, the world a better place with deep throating. But cautionary tale, everyone. Uh make sure that you're deep throating with partners that you really trust, or you might accidentally get throat herpes. That happened to me. I got herpes in my throat in November. Oh wow! Because I was with a fat from, from idiot deep- from deep throating. Yeah, because I love uh-huh. because I love vigorous deep throating. It's almost impossible to get herpes, and not almost impossible, but everything online is like immunocompromised people. For example, people who have AIDS or cancer are likely to get it in the back of their throat. But you know, it takes um, an exposed person who 
then there's some membrane tears that happen if you get particularly vigorous like I did. And so, you know, so in some ways it's good because it'll likely never come back. But in other ways, I'm like, well, for the next two years until the viral shedding rates drop insanely low, like I'm probably not even, I haven't really done anything with my mouth since then. So um, I might just uh. try to adopt a ball gag fetish. I don't know. <laughs> just never worry about this part of my mouth. Um yeah, yeah. So I, that is my PSA for people in deep throating because I love it so much, and I have yet to try it with a condom because nobody seems to want that yet. <laughs> I hear you. They they suck. Anything else? Nope. Excellent. All right, I am here in the park with whom I wish Theo and Mitchell. <laughs> okay, guys, do you have a sex story? You know, actually, speaking about this <laughs> yesterday, uh, we kind of were just talking about. The course we've been in our relationship for about six years now six years yeah how'd you guys meet we actually met at a party in what? college and i okay sorry babe but i used him to get away from another creepy guy okay but i saw him from afar earlier and i thought he was really cute yeah so i was just like pretending that he was my boyfriend okay to oh, just good. dance with me how did that feel for you any woman coming up to me and just is like wait you know, scoot closer scoot closer any any woman coming to pull your arm and say come with me you you're obligated to say yes so you just yeah. go what are you gonna say no yeah. <laughs> i was a catch in college yeah <laughs> i mean you guys are still very cute together <laughs> no but it, it was honestly uh it was a very uh, romantic you know very romantic way this guy, this other like very creepy dude is trying to hit on me yeah. and trying to get away from him. And I just pull him and I'm like, hey, babe. And he's like, what? I don't even know you. I don't even know your name or anything. And then I'm just like, dance with me or, you know, just come talk to me or something. And this. Oh, my God. Okay, get on with the, Get on to the sex. OK, OK, sorry. <laughs> That's, but actually, I do. You try to bring it back to sex. <laughs> exactly. Or thoughts and feelings around sex. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, so fast um, forward six years. Oh, yeah. 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 And then. Pretty much we've just been, I would say I've been pretty sexually open since I was a teenager, probably, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to be very, very honest. I love it. I'm my, very honest my, my parents were never restrictive with any, they didn't block any channels when I was like really young, so yeah. probably about like nine or 10. Can you give our listeners a sense of approximately how old you are? Uh, right now, I'm 25. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, around, like, 9 or 10. So, you had access, too. Oh, I had access to, like, HBO yeah. late night, like, okay. Cinemax and stuff. <gasps> so, I was totally about that, you know. And, okay, this might seem weird for people to be, like, imagining someone that young. But that's just how it happened for me, really. Like, I was exploring with my sexuality at that time. So, think about someone being that young 20 now 25 how much experience yeah. they've had with their bodies you know since then totally and versus mitchell over here <laughs> i feel like this is something we talk about a lot is that we're i feel like we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum in mm -hmm. terms of drive and like sex drive yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, just yeah. like uh experience i would say yeah mm -hmm. i mean just a sheer amount of I'm, I'm tiptoeing on a very delicate thing, but you, uh, to put it bluntly, you've had a lot more sex with other people than yes, I have. Yes, Your yes, yes. body count, for lack of a better word, How do you is feel about lot. that? Uh, well, you can just be very demanding and very, uh, you know. Okay, okay. And just, uh, Which I'm you know, trying to work on. You're trying to work on your demanding or like how you're demanding it? Yeah, uh, well, no. The, the, well, the thing that was very particular was like the way you would get frustrated if it wasn't like you know like uh spot on like because i've been heroin exposed. level yeah like, right experience <laughs> or something wait, wait, wait. so you have expressed this to him he doesn't seem upset about it most of the time anytime i've tried to communicate with a man and i'm like hey actually i need something like this it turns into a fight oh, so maybe yeah. i'm doing a bad job i'm sure i'm no, doing no, a bad no, job. there's plenty of fights <laughs> there's, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, there's, fight. there's plenty of screaming <laughs> <laughs> no there's definitely a lot of screaming but I'm, I'm glad that my partner is very open and accepting and tolerant of me yeah. and my, and that's the thing. I, I feel like I'm, I tell him things like, I know I'm not expressing this in the best way right now because I don't have the skills at this very moment, Yeah. but 
I still want to say this, and I'm not saying it in the right way, but I still want to be open about this. Wow. So, so I try my best, I would say, but I'm still angry. So, totally. <laughs> so I'm still <laughs> angry so about it. can you tell us some of the things that you love or maybe some of the things that you want to do? Or like, what are you comfortable? Or do you want me to ask you about... Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can ask these. Okay, I don't want the umbrella to fall on you. Okay. No, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very windy here at the park. Okay. Um, so I am collecting stories this week about unicorns or unicorning and... 69ing. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the unicorn questions first, which is about threesomes. Yes. So have you ever had a threesome? I have. I've had uh, like two threesomes and a foursome. Okay. We were actually hesitant to come to the, we were actually hesitant to come to the park today because two, a couple that she was going to oh, yeah. like sells coffee right down yeah. the road. Yes. <laughs> so we were Amazing. <laughs> and Amazing. we're we're here with his dad and his girlfriend. Oh my gosh. So I'm just like oh wait, let me let me put the umbrella down because it looks like it's about to go over. Yeah. In the background there's a fold up tent that is flying in the wind. Yes. <laughs> People are flying to help not it's gonna knock down any second now. Alright, umbrella's under control. So you were avoiding them because, wait, so you have slept with them or, or you're, no, no, we were, this was, okay, so we took like a five month break. Okay. And I was like, oh, these people seem very like spiritually sound. Yeah. Because you know, on Tinder, eh, it's I hard know. to find it's someone hard. who's spiritually yep. sound. Yep. So I was like, wow, these people seem very wholesome and like they would take care of it, like the situation. And they sell coffee here now. Oh my gosh. And they've met my parents and, <laughs> and now his dad and his girlfriend are here and i was just like oh my god if i see them this That's, is gonna be so weird oh my gosh but uh we've been teetering over you know about the threesome subject okay for so quite some time. what do you what are your thought processes around it like what are you talking about you, you well go just first, the so. general thing is obviously i'm super into it and she's hesitant about it because oh really well because well, no. you'd swing both ways if yeah if that's the I swing wrong, always. Wrong I swing yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. I'm attracted and to I, me too. Me too. Yeah, so. like any anyone really. So there's, you know. I think the stereotype a, is that more men want the threesome. Yes, but, but not always true. Exactly. Not definitely not always true. <clears throat> but I then just you, think you've brought it up a lot more. But at the same at the same time, you you're like, oh, I'm super into a, this idea. But then physically, when it, I'm into it. But yeah. emotionally and mentally, no, no, like I'm like the idea of it is better than actually okay. doing it. That's yeah. good too though. Let's talk about the idea. Let's talk about the good parts. What are the parts that get you the most excited? I'm just like the idea that I let go of my ego mm -hmm. and let someone else touch him mm -hmm. and me seeing that, that just turns me on because I'm like, wow, I'm a com like confident person Ooh. overall that I'm yeah. just like, oh, I'm able to see this and acknowledge that he still loves me and everything's fine without him being like, oh, I don't want to be with you anymore and yeah. everything like that. So are we envisioning a female bodied person with you or are you open to the idea of dudes or what's the... I'm open to both. Okay. But I'm I... not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, a, that, yeah. that's a valid question though. Yeah. Like, like, no, totally. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. For sure. I'm, I'm open to both because I'm attracted to both and just all around yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Um, but I know obviously you're just attracted to straight women yes for the most so what's part, the so. what are the parts that get you excited by the idea and you can get specific like yeah get into the juicy details of it oh I, I don't even know <laughs> i mean i guess i guess it's because it would be because it almost the naturally it seems like like the the typical archetype of a guy that wants a threesome is like I want to be selfish and I just want like two girls at the same time. But right. like you're you're actually into it. So it, the the thing that is cool about it is that you would actually sometimes I feel like you would be more into it than I would. So it almost just seems like I kind of want to do that for you. Yeah, it, right. It's, it's a right. mutual yeah. thing. So right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think I'm 100% ready for it, mm -hmm. but I. On the lookout. Yeah, I yeah. see myself like being one of those uh, couples like in our like mid 30s, 40s being like this is we're so confident and yeah. concrete in our relationship now that this is not even a problem. And we know we're so secure in our, you know, in our love and everything like that. And that at the same you know, time, like probably once a month. She's like, I think I'm into girls now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is like, it's, I, I it's just a, a thing that's been in my, my subconscious from, you know, being such a sexually 
curious I get girl it. that oh, I get it. it's you know it's just always been present in my mind so cool. so yeah what do you think would have to be in place for you to be like yes let's actually do this green light threesome i feel like it would just have to like the idea of forcing it love saying let's go out of our way yeah. to do this mm -hmm. seems like a pipe dream yeah and for it to just happen it just would need to happen yeah organically yeah and just it would just have to be a mutual friend or like someone we meet and it just we all hit it off and then it just happens right that seems yeah. like it would it would make a lot more sense because mm -hmm. the idea of going out of your way to like make that work is just it I just agree. seems mm -hmm. outrageous are you familiar with the dating app field it used to be called thrinder no. no. So I've been swiping on there, like looking for couples because I'm I'm up for a docu series as a unicorn. Oh, okay, <laughs> wow. but I can't find any I couples. Love that. I know, but I can't find any couples that will like be on TV with me. But I want to do an episode so that people can have a model for how to have a like right. consensual right. threesome. You yeah, know? right, right, right. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> to hire someone. That's so yeah. difficult. And yeah. you would think in LA it would be. I know. It's or just the opposite. Big... It's the opposite because exactly. people are like, oh, I'm an actor, and I'm like. Okay, well, can you just pretend to date me? <laughs> yeah, right, like, yeah. we're just how big of an actor are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, how good are you really? <laughs> yeah, right. Can you seem like you want to touch me without ever laying exactly. a finger on me? Yes. <laughs> a woman just roller skated past pushing her stroller on roller skates. That's and amazing. she fell. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you were out in the world, say, at a party or around mutual friends, or you just like meet this chick who seems like she might be down for a threesome, how would how do you imagine you might go about initiating? Oh man, well first I'd want to be sober. That's the one yes. thing. I want to be sober because I want to make sure that I'm making the right choice. Oh, I love that. And yeah. when I'm not, I know when I'm a little buzzed, I'll do things that I don't usually do. When I'm a little buzzed, I'm like, everybody touch me! Yeah, yeah right? I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> hands, no, hands. Me too, me too. And just, and I like an aspect of that. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't want to feel, I don't want, I don't regret anything, yeah. but I don't want to feel like an, ick kind of feeling yeah. the next day and i definitely don't want to put that on the, the other person for yeah. sure because imagine being that person yeah. like you feel unwanted i would never want to like do that to another person it's very thoughtful and i appreciate that on behalf <laughs> of thirds everywhere i do <laughs> how do you feel <laughs> what, what do you want to do i but i would probably i would probably want to do it if i was sober enough and yeah. confident yeah. that yeah. night or totally. something I'd probably need a like a little bit of liquor or something just to like <laughs> well, loosen the nerves. But, but here's the thing: there's a difference between like being sober when you make the decision, and then being a little totally. liquored sure, up when you sure, get to sure, the sure, to the yeah. deed to yeah. like yeah. have it. You know, because that's part of the. There can be like a nice social element. Okay, can I ask you a few questions about sixty nine ing? Yes. Sure. What do you feel about it? Do you like it? Do you feel meh? Is it your favorite thing in the world? Again, I you think the first. idea of it is actually better than. I don't know. I'm with. I'm right there with I you. Think and it, tell it, me it's, specifics it's, why. Well, it's also. It's just. It. It always happens in the heat of the moment, and uh -huh. you're just like, "This is a great idea. Just go." And then it happens, and then it just a few. You know, a few moments go by, and then you're like, "A couple. Okay, that, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a. It's like a delicacy, right? Where it's like a like a really intense piece of sushi that's just like really just like okay, out okay. there, and you're just like, "Okay, okay, that was just fun for a second. And then you're like, "Okay, that's good. What, nice bite." What's the part about it that feels like like maybe only bite size, or what's the too muchness? It's just well, it's just awkward in yeah. general. Like you, inher you it's inherently so? I guess, awkward. Yeah, especially for me. I'm four eleven. Yeah, you know, you're like five. You're a whole foot taller than me it doesn't really yes, mesh it's a as big part of it yeah it doesn't also really... an asshole in my face yeah, <laughs> yeah okay Which some people are very yeah, exactly into. totally not and rim you know, jobs could be the next step exactly exactly <laughs> and you know you know we're we're working on that we're, I, will, <laughs> I will say this week's episode goes into depth about butt stuff um in a very oh, in a very fun way oh it's worth a listen you know and and i've never been um in, in regards to like my butt or anything, yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever been super like, oh, I need to do that. Yeah. But I'm open to. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I was I'm always like, eh, meh, not, not for me or I can leave it. And then I had a partner that was like super into it and he converted me. So yeah. now I'm a butt slut. And, and I love that. You know, I, I wouldn't mind being called that actually. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's fun. It's, it's a fun I to just, play with. I, I feel I like. Thanks. I love it. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to try to come here as much as possible. I'm going to be here like every other week. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's just like in, in regards to like 69, I like the 
the the idea of like someone's undivided attention yeah so like Same. giving him pleasure and then him us maybe taking a break or something and then my turn because it just makes it so much more intimate and intense whereas the 69 is just like oh okay is my sensation yeah it's just, it's just like is this in the right place am i doing it right yeah. and i'm getting too much pleasure and i'm not to am you know i'm not it's giving almost him like enough. it's almost like you're compromising doing both of them at the same right, time totally. so it's just like it's just a half-baked idea I, that you know yeah. some people do it and yeah. it works for them so that's great awesome. <laughs> you know but. awesome thank you guys yeah, yeah of course, of course. So okay so coral can i ask you some questions about 69ing absolutely shoot him What's your general feeling about it? Like, how much do you like it in terms of, like, is it a thing you do often? Is it a thing you do sometimes? What are your thoughts and feelings? So I'd say it's a thing that I do sometimes. Okay. I... And when, usually? I like it sometimes, but then other times it just... I feel like it's one of those things where, like, if it's not working that day, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know? Like, what is your definition of working? Working would be like maybe not to completion because sometimes that's hard to do in 69, but like at least getting there to the point where like whatever you do next is gonna get you there. Nice. Um, Have you ever orgasmed while 69ing? No. Okay. I didn't think I was ever going to, but I did once. You did? I did once. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, was it amazing? Guy. Yes. Well, also because it just caught me off guard. Like I was so surprised because of some, like I used to not like 69ing that much because I felt like I couldn't focus that's exactly yeah like I, I had that issue I couldn't like on either thing and I was always afraid that I was accidentally gonna bite someone and yeah. like I'm not feeling the pleasure but I was with this dude who I actually met in Cuba and then we saw each other again in San Francisco and then again here in LA wow. yeah and meant he, to 69 meant, yeah, to. <laughs> meant to 69 and we had he was we were just so comfortable with each other we bonded over uh, discussions of the ethical slut when we were in Trinidad or in I don't know yeah somewhere in Cuba yeah beautiful and, anyway um so so is it something that you initiate or is it like how does it usually happen well with my part I think I've pretty much only done it with my partner now okay. and I think it's one of those things where I'm like let's 69 yeah <laughs> I feel like he actually never brings it up because he doesn't like it because it, it's one of those things where it's hard to focus yeah. you're like focusing on them so you can't focus on you the and angles like, can be tough the too. angles are hard luckily my partner and i we have like a good height ratio okay. that is important it's important and you know it it works now what i have learned is that it's really nice to do like a sideways thing and it's good when yes. my legs yes. are like super pressed against his face yes yeah. 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 Do you mean pressed like around the sides? Around like the over? sides. Okay, okay. Okay. So like one yeah. of my, he, his head is like on one of my legs and then my other yes. leg is like on top of him. That's so but then it's better. like, Side am I crushing your skull? You know, like, <laughs> I feel like there's so you. many thoughts that are going in my head. I'm like, you know, are you comfortable? Am I comfortable? Am I enjoying this? Can you, okay. In general, are you a deep throater? Do you know how to deep throat? Do yeah. Like deep throating? Yeah. Is that, do you think that's possible? I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever done it while 69ing. It's hard 69ing. The really other thing about 69ing, especially when you're sideways, yeah. is like, the grip on the ass is yeah. like important oh, yes. and you can use that to like leverage which might help with deep throating oh, i feel like i haven't done during it 69 so yeah Ugh. well on your 69th episode you should make it a goal to 69 before to and then you could you could interview them yes and you guys could talk about, about it yeah <laughs> it would be good it would be good wait so you this is the first partner you've 69 with I think so. Okay. I feel like it's so bad that I don't know, but I mean, no, I'm sitting here thinking. I think I think I do remember my first 69er because he was one of my childhood crushes and I remember I was on a family cruise ship to Mexico and got like a little shot glass that was like two people 69ing and gave it to him. Oh, that's uh, so perfect. That's the only reason I would remember like otherwise I would have no idea. Yeah. We're coming up on our 69th episode. 69. So, do you have any thoughts or reflections on 69ing? On 69? I I love 69ing. Tell me what favorite. you love about it. Um the, I guess it's the like the sort of like shared pleasure aspect of it is super fun because I like really like going down on women and I really like getting my cock sucked but yeah. like those two things mutually in a way like I'm most turned on by like I'm most turned on by other people being turned on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like 
to be 69ing and like having a woman in my case like moaning while that's happening is like super super hot so yeah have you ever had a woman moan or make a noise and accidentally bite you bite me no <laughs> never been bitten what's your do you have a favorite 69 position are you usually on the bottom i've heard sideways from people or? that it's easier for women if the dude is on the bottom i don't know if that's true for everyone and i would worry i don't think i've ever been on the bottom right it seems like that would be difficult and like on the side i would worry about my thighs like crushing someone's face i feel like i'm usually <laughs> on however the one mythical thing that i used to joke about but i've actually seen photos and videos of it on fat now is people who can do standing 69 is like you got to be like some, oh some serious gosh. core and thigh strength but i've seen yeah. it done and it's pretty cool i feel like just having the blood rush to my head would be yeah hard i assume i'm the upside down one in this scenario as i'm unless, thinking about it. unless you like you know if you have super super strong thigh strength and like yeah but it's but i think that seems like more of a novelty than anything else because yeah. i don't think you would do that for very no that just seems like a funding to say you did long exactly yeah awesome. yeah i'm here in the park to collect sex stories from strangers passing by who didn't know they were going to share a sex story today and i have a guest with me e who's going to tell us a few things about unicorning yeah i think like accidental unicorning like i didn't like I sort of fell into it, you know. How did you fall <laughs> like into it? You chose me. Well, so the horn okay. just went in. Yeah, yeah. The horn, the horn just went on in. I didn't even ask. So what happened is I met this amazing person. My God, how much backstory do I want to give? Okay, I'm gonna give the short version of the backstory because it's important. So, oh my gosh, those geese are like joining. They I love us. Know. They wanna. They have stories. So basically, I have. I've spent the last. Um, <laughs> I've spent the last. 10 years acting as if I'm a straight woman and only exclusively dating men because I realized that dating men was um, important to me because I'm attracted to masculinity and I'm very <laughs> much lean that direction. And I didn't want any like female partner or any NB partner or any other partner who wasn't like man, dude, man to feel trivialized yeah. by that. Like, and so I was like, okay, so I just won't. And basically what that whole mental model was presupposing was a monogamy. Mm. So the assumption that like I would have to choose, I was basically like, if I have to choose, I would choose men. But that presupposes having to choose, right? So recently I realized, oh, hang on. What if I don't have to choose? What if monogamy isn't the model for me? Yeah. And right around that time, I met this amazing woman and got really excited with her. And she is, she does shibari. She does that uh, Japanese rope bondage. And she's really good at it. And That's it's really fun. Hot. It's extremely hot. Have you played with that and before? I've dabbled she's the first person who i've i mean it's still really new too but yeah i hadn't really done it outside of i just done photo shoots you know which is like yeah so it's really fun it's very connective form of kink like the rope is like this conduit for intimacy it's so fun and um so we had like two blissful weeks of like it was my birthday and she like tied me on my birthday and then it was her birthday and i like showed up in her life for her birthday and then her boyfriend came to town because she has one of those yeah and I became the unicorn because he was here now and they're an established couple. Okay. So does she, can I ask, does she do like primary, secondary or she, is she? Not, not in, see this is, well this is the They're liars. I, I, anyone, I, I, anyone who says non-hierarchical, they're fucking liars because time is real. Time and priorities. That's, 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 Those what are real. that's what it is. So that's exactly what it is. So essentially, so she has two other partners. They don't label it as primary they don't call it primary they call it we're just doing our thing so because they don't have a label around it because they have that but they figured out how they yeah. operate which is the main function of a label anyway is a framework right totally but you need to be able to communicate yes. it to other people yes. that's what the framework is for so essentially if you're playing with others that's it's right ethical to make it clear for kindness is clarity yeah oh my god i love that renee brown oh that's amazing clear I, is kind um, i think is how she said it clear yeah is kind. clear is kind yes yeah, so so what I what would have been clear would have been for her to say, hey, as soon as he comes to town, I go into like 
Sexlandia. I'm not really emotionally or textually available. <gasps> he, he's, he's super important to me. And like this trip in particular, it's very important to me to spend time with him, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. That would have been cool. Instead, what happened is um, I met him. They co-tied me. They did a co-tying rope night thing with me. And it was one of, no lie, one of the most, like the top five most euphoric experiences of my life. I felt so like cared for and loved, like physically loved in a way that like I have had such, I feel like, I've been so starved for this certain type of like physical attention. Like why I love being tied, why I love rope so much is because I'm like, all I ever want is to be held. Yes. And rope is like a prop to hold you. <laughs> rope's so like, I'll hold, I'll give you hugs forever. Yeah, I'll just hold on to you till, till your little limbs turn blue. I'll just hold on. <laughs> I'm like, perfect, that's all I wanted. So they tied me, it was beautiful. Um, and then they went home to their place where they were together and I went home to my house and the next day he texted me and was did like a little check-in text and she did not mm. and essentially what happened was she Interesting. I mean she was like busy busy with this and that but also okay. like I wasn't thinking of myself as being a unicorn because the way our relationship established was between her and me right that's the person I had the intimacy with right so the next day not hearing from her I was felt very abandoned and sad and I was yeah. like what's going on and even then when I did hear back from her it was a little distant and I just felt so like the the extremes is what really hurt me because the extreme of feeling like we're this couple we're this this strong dynamic duo and yeah. we're aiming that dynamic at you we're, we're putting it towards you which is I think the appeal of the unicorn thing mm -hmm. is like not just necessarily that's about me or whatever but that that love or that connection or that sexiness or whatever can be magnified when it's combined with more than just two people. That's what's, I think, for me anyway, that's part of the, what I'm learning is the appeal of it. But however high I went, however amazing that felt, I felt just as like low and sad Ugh. afterward because I felt kind of like left out in the cold yeah. and also again because I didn't meet them as a couple right I met her I wasn't thinking of it as a unicorn thing and again if maybe if I, that there, there, there could have possibly been more communication about my expectations I don't know anyway well, that's an interesting point you bring up because she wasn't they they didn't approach you as a couple and I think that is where it gets tricky and that's where clarity is super important but it's yes. like yeah it seems like there was an opportunity missed for Reclarification. What? Yeah. So, so where are you? Well, so after that, I um, I was kind of like, I'm gonna take a step back. Okay. Because you, the, the other thing, is that they had intended. He's long. They're long distance, and they had set a very clear intention for this trip that it was gonna be all about the two of them. And so, that pl was planned before she even met me. Before I was even an idea. So, um, I was like, okay, well, on the one hand, my needs are not being met. I don't, I'm not feeling held right now, but on the other hand, I'm, I am coming in new to something yeah. that's established that I don't have any relationship to or understanding about, but th that you two have established. So I, I want to respect that. Yeah. Even though the communication wasn't as kind and clear as it could have been, I still want to respect. Yeah. And even if I don't respect it, it exists anyway, so I might as well respect it. Is this yeah. your first couple experience? Yes. Okay. It's, well, that's, that's the other thing. And also, new. you don't know what don't to know. ask for. I ran into I so many red flags that looking back, I'm like, yeah. oh, dummy. But like at the right. time, you're just like, uh, okay, yes, I want to be supportive of your relationship or it, whatever. Right. That's exactly it. So, so me being like, I want to be supportive. So I took a step back, and then we um, were at another rope event and they kind of co-tied me again and it was again really hot but I could also feel I was like okay this is just about sex right now this is not I'm not conflating sex and love this is about like bondage and fun fun sexy time and we because essentially okay what I realized after that first one is that we didn't have a strong enough container for like the magic that we evoked yeah. the container is like the communication the established yeah. rapport the trust the clarity that's the container so if you want to like bring in I think about like a casting a magic spell and having like a crucible like yeah. if you're evoking all this like sex love magic then you gotta actually have a strong enough framework for that not to like destroy you yeah because otherwise you just make a love explosion and exactly. everyone gets hurt <laughs> everyone gets hurt because it's too like, hot love it's shrapnel too hot. and like yeah. your eyebrows are burned off yeah so we yeah we had a second co-tying and i was just sort of like 
you know, I had been through that hurt, so I was like, okay, I'll, you know, this is this is fun and sexy, but um, I, I, I was a little bit stepped back from it, even though I was still physically ex and experiencing that um, enjoyment. And then after that, I was kind of like, are we gonna follow up on this? Like, are we gonna have a threesome? And I, I sort of talked with her a little bit about it, and I, we kind of like flirt joked about it, and then like later I, I brought it up the next day I was like hey do you want to do that like do you guys want to have a threesome with me like because if you do like these are my <laughs> we have to plan it out yeah um so it's like so much coordinating she was like I'm gonna talk to him and then eventually she was like no you know we both really want to but it doesn't make sense this week and so then I said okay I need to take a step back from this situation he's here until whatever he's like leaving today um, he's here until the end of the week. I'm going to take that time to reflect on everything that's gone on because at this point it's been like a month long, a month of knowing her. And so essentially where it's left me is being like, okay, so as much as we, like you're saying, we want to be non-hierarchical. We want to um, have this like free flow of like energy and love and exchange and all that stuff. You actually can't deny the fact that time is a finite resource and there may be infinite love in your heart there yes. may be infinite capacity for attraction and there may even be infinite like she, and she said stuff to me she's like you give me stuff that he doesn't give me i'm like i know that yes. i'm i'm not worried about whether you're getting some stuff benefit from me, from me. you're That's like no no no. no i know i'm bringing gifts and joy yeah exactly it's gotta be reciprocal yeah, like, like it's you gotta have to be... give something to me yeah. and which actually so my latest like little thesis statement that i've come up with about it is you know in meisner the pinch and the ouch no okay so in meisner training meisner acting training there's a thing called the pinch and the ouch and the whole thing with meisner is, a, is the idea of like how do we have immediate i don't say accurate authentic truthful responses to what's actually happening in the scene rather than actors go in and be like I have a plan I have a plan and then it feels <laughs> pinch ouch <laughs> exactly yeah so like so the idea is like I give you a little tiny pinch and you go <gasps> or you or I give you like a huge grab and you go ow like that's bad acting right because you're not having an appropriate response to what you're given so I've been thinking about pinch and the ouch not in terms of like sadomasochism although it certainly could apply but um, I've been thinking about it in terms of like my own patterns about pinch and ouch in terms of what I'm getting versus what I'm giving because I'm inherently such a generous person I'm like I just want to give so much and it feels so good to me to give and be present with someone else and offer them like remember something they mentioned one time and then do like a sweet gesture around that and all that kind of like top level sweet connected partner type of stuff I really like to do that but I can't but it's not, in many situations, it's not appropriate for me to do that. Yeah. Because that's not the proper pinch. And ouch, if I'm getting a little tiny pinch, then the ouch needs to be like, ouch. If I'm getting, if I'm getting, you know, kind of sidelined, let's just call it what it is. Or if I'm getting, you know, patchy availability, then I, A, need to decide if I'm okay with that. Yeah. And B, I need to respond appropriately to the situation. If I'm getting patchy availability, not like in a vengeful way like well you didn't reply to my text so I'm gonna wait 30 whole minutes before yeah, yeah, like yeah. I can't that's too much fucking work but like <laughs> like I can't Just I can't work hard interested. enough to play yeah, yeah, yeah not interested but I can say okay so this is what you're offering me this is what's on the table is that acceptable to me and if it is what is the appropriate not not appropriate like socially appropriate but what feels appropriate for me in terms of the energy that I'm gonna give back yeah. as a response to that and that's really the what this is in a bigger sense, given me the opportunity to interrogate that and say, okay, so like I have all this generosity and gushy gushy goodness, and I know I'm like a really yeah. amazing sexual partner, Arnold. but yeah, but what is actually right for the situation? Yeah. And you know, if you ask for a need, that was the other thing. I at, there's been a couple times when I've asked for a need. Like I even before he got here, I was like, could we have one little coffee date where it's just the two of us? Could we have one little time during the two and a half weeks when he's here? And I didn't get a response about that. And At all? Just happened. not even a clear no? Just no, no. response? No. And I know. And it would have been, again, it would have been helpful to say that I can't actually offer you that. Yeah, like that, that also helps me drop in when I'm like, oh, exactly. signal, pay attention. But otherwise, yes. I find myself lying to myself yeah. about what I'm okay with. Yes. I could do less. I can expect less. I don't need right. that. I don't, I don't need. Right. I don't need. Yeah. So I asked when we were in that 
kind of conflict mode after that first big tie and big drop. I was like, can I please meet with you one-on-one -on -one to talk about this? And the answer was no. He's coming with me because the purpose of the trip is for us to connect. So he has to be there. Okay. So, and it's like, okay. Wow. So, so, and I said, okay, then we can't resolve it because I need to resolve this with you. I don't have a problem with him. And I also don't have an established connection with him. Also, you can't. It's like a gang. Like you're like getting ganged up totally. even if he doesn't say anything the yeah. entire time. That's weird. Yeah, which was, it was gnarly. I mean, it ended up being, the effect was, I was like, okay, I'm, I have a choice. I can say that's not acceptable terms or I can like agree to the terms. And what I said was, okay, I'll do that. But this isn't, then, th then this is not what I asked. What yeah. I asked was the chance to resolve this with you. And you're saying this is going to be like a thing where he's there. So we had, we had a breakfast together that was actually Fine, at least partly because of the emotional labor I was doing yeah. to cr create a tone of like, this is this is fine, this is okay. And it also turned both of them back into people because that whole week I had been kind of demonizing them in my head like and making them into a team, you know, in my head, which wasn't, and I wasn't entirely making that up, but also like they're just people and they're not consciously trying to like fuck up my head, you know, they're just like possibly not being as clear and kind as they could be. and. Yeah maybe not handling it as, as in a way that really minimizes harm towards me. Anyway, so so my kind of general thing about the unicorn thing in particular, which I think is different than Polly, mm -hmm. obviously, distinct from Polly, I, I feel like the terrain, the internal terrain, the emotional terrain of another person, of just one other person, is so complex and varied, like triggers and versions of what love means, definitions of love, needs, uh, you know, all the emotional landscape of one other person is so complex. And the emotional, so multiply that by two, and it's two people's in complex internal inner worlds. And then you have the world, the bridge between their world, which is equally complex yeah. and built, built on their, all those little, bits and pieces and the way they can they connect them yeah. so when you come in as a unicorn you are navigating like a very complex <laughs> role-playing video game <laughs> with all these rules that you have to learn and figure out how to navigate and which ones you're gonna break and what character you're even gonna play like yeah. <laughs> and what powers you're gonna have and shit <laughs> and so like the unicorn thing, it's like, it's such a, it's such a beautiful experience in my, in my experience, it was such a beautiful experience and it has a really high cost. Yeah. I think it has a, in terms of the communication and the emotional labor around making it happen in the first place and then around dealing with it once it's happened. That's kind of my vibe on it. And if you had like a fantasy version of a unicorn situation. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, it would be exactly what happened, but with better follow up. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah.